Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. A nationwide revival begins in Houston, Texas, after five pastors were persecuted by the lesbian mayor. We interview Dr. Rick Scarborough of Vision America, led a rally with 7,000 people and 300 pastors. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Are you ready to pray the news with us? We have reported in recent weeks that there is now a nationwide revival breaking out, impacting all of America, who especially church voters took a stand in the recent elections, a wave election, but a lot of it started in Houston, Texas, where over the past summer months, there has been now open persecution of the Christian people there, particularly five pastors who received subpoenas from the openly lesbian mayor of Houston, Texas, Annis Parker. Mayor Parker was demanding that those five pastors turn over their sermons to the government. And she was using the power of the subpoena to enforce that. Well, after so much pressure from around America, waves after waves of uh, outrage by the Christian people of America were reflected back to the people of Houston, many of those pastors took a stand, not just the five who were persecuted, but to particularly the 400 pastors that are a member of the, the Houston Area Pastors Council, led by Dave Welch, who we interviewed on this show about a week ago, and also the pastors from around America, who have been mobilized over the past several years by Vision America, and my dear friend, Dr. Rick Scarborough, who is joining us now via Skype from Houston, Texas. Welcome, Dr. Rick. Pleasure to be with you, chaps. Thank you, sir. Now, you and I have been friends for many years, uh, dating back to 2005 when I was a chaplain in the Navy. You stood with me outside of the White House and you protected my right to pray in Jesus' name. So you have been a national advocate. You've been featured on CNN and Fox News countless times. Tell us about Vision America before we get into your role in helping the Houston pastors. Uh, what is your organization and what do you do? Well, thank you, Chaps. I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, when I was pastor of First Baptist Church of Pearland from 1990 till 2002, uh, we got involved with a real conflict at the local high school. Uh, there was a presentation brought to our high school that I thought was <clears throat> way out of bounds morally. I, I took a stand against the school system. I, I tape recorded a, a young lady's remarks for our student body and played that on a Sunday morning. Uh, that caused such a, uh, an uprising among the Christian community uh, that uh, we wound up speaking to the school board. We wound up addressing other pastors and encouraging them to get involved. Out of that came the concept of the necessity of pastors speaking their mind on moral issues. And so what began is really a defense mechanism, uh, just rallying local pastors to stand with me on a moral issue, uh, soon gave birth to mobilizing pastors across Harris County, then across Texas, uh, by that time, uh, we were beginning to raise uh, needed funds to do uh, pastor events. 
So we formed a 501c3, Vision America mobilized, doing business as Vision America. Subsequently, as we got more involved in politics, we, we organized a 501c4, Vision America Action. I like to say the organization is of the pastor, by the pastor, and for the pastor. For the last 12 years, we've been crisscrossing this country, actually the last 14 years, trying to find pastors who, like the sons of Iskar, understand the times and know what must be done to save our country. And I'm delighted. Along the way, I've met a lot of good friends, like yourself, uh, a member of the clergy in the military, openly persecuted. Uh, I stood with you, as all pastors should have stood with you, but I really was representing thousands through Vision America. And uh, what we've done for the last 12 to 13 years is go from city to city, state to state, organize pastors, and uh, frankly, while uh, many discouraged the activity early on, we're beginning to see real fruit from a lot of hard labor. So in those early years, when you faced that crisis in your own church, in your own uh, community against that school, and you got that policy changed, you realized pastors have a voice, and then you spread out across Texas. In the early years, what happened in the elections in Texas? Well, in, in 2002, uh, a wealthy donor had heard what we'd done at Pearland, and then subsequently in Harris County, the largest county in Texas, he asked if it could be done all over Texas. So uh, I told him, well, yeah, I think anywhere that you get pastors organized, working together, as opposed to working against one another, uh, great things happen. You know, uh, I believe that, that uh, what we have in America right now is a preacher problem. Uh, the absence of pastors speaking to the great moral issues of our day has given has allowed in the vacuum and silence an evil to infiltrate and literally steal away the soul of America. But anywhere pastors regain their voice and then work together, that can be reversed. We saw that happen in Pearland. We saw that happen in Harris County. In 2002, we conducted events all over Texas. Uh, we ultimately signed up more than 2,500 pastors who we asked to do four simple things, Gordon, and that was number one, preach to their people why they should vote, not as Republican or Democrat, but as followers of Jesus Christ. They should look at God's will in every election. Number two, pass out nonpartisan voter guides. The only thing worse than not voting is voting wrong. Number three, register every eligible member of their church and those they influence to vote. As you know, uh, being involved in politics, about two-thirds of the church doesn't even show up on election day. And in off-year elections, it's worse than that. So we ask the pastors to register their people to vote, pass out nonpartisan voter guides, preach on why they should vote as followers of Jesus, but then the most important part, lead their people to the polls. People do what they see us do, not what they hear us talk about. And when pastors do those four simple things, great things happen. We have now worked in about 15 states across America, and never yet in a state where the pastors in at least a, a, at least a, a strong minority stood together, did those four things, have we seen anything less than great results? Well, and you look nationally over the past you know, 10, 15 years, it seems like Texas has become more and more conservative, while states like California are becoming more and more liberal. Do you attribute that to uh, the spiritual roots and, and those 2,500 pastors that you see taking place and taking part in the American political scene, especially there in Texas? Well, I think that had a lot to do with it, but not, 
uh, maybe not even the most important part. Uh, as you know, David Barton has been a—he's been God's man for our time. And way before I got involved, David Barton was was working with our legislature and encouraging Christians to run for office. So when I came along and began mobilizing pastors, we simply uh, threw, uh, and what we did is, is throw more brush on the pile, and it began to explode into a greater uh, growing revival fire. Um, I believe what pastors have done has had a lot to do with the, the, the nature of what's happening politically in America, but I, I wouldn't take too much credit. I, I believe all the glory goes to God. We've had a role to play, but there are, there are thousands of Christians involved in politics in Texas. If you ever have a chance to go to one of our state conventions, get up at 6 o'clock and go down to the auditorium and see how many Christians at the, in the Republican Party gather for prayer hours before they gather for meetings. Uh, unfortunately, that's not true so much in the Democratic Party, but Christians have infiltrated the Republican Party in Texas, and it's like going to revival meetings when you go to our state conventions. That's why God's blessing our state, and why I believe that Texas has become a model for other states. Well, that's encouraging. We're going to take a short break, uh, and I wish I could wake up at 6 a.m. To, to be at some of those prayer meetings. I'm not a morning person, but when we come back, we're going to ask Dr. Rick Scarborough about how Vision America has taken that into other states, and not just to impact these elections that we saw in 2010 and now in 2014, but we're also going to talk about the controversy that happened in Houston, where they had a rally there with 7,000 people and 300 pastors standing up for those five pastors that were attacked by the lesbian mayor. We'll be right back after this short break with Dr. Rick Scarborough. Discerning the spirits that rule our politicians, Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you care about defending religious liberty? I know you do. And that's why I'm asking you to take action today. Don't just sit there, but do something. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and sign a petition that we will fax to Congress on your behalf. In fact, there are three specific petitions I want you to sign to defend military chaplains who are under fire. The first is to support H.R. 343. This is a bill introduced in Congress by my friend, Congressman Walter Jones of North Carolina, to protect free speech for military chaplains who are sometimes punished if they use the word Jesus in their prayers. Well, if you know my story, you know that I was punished in 2006, uh, even at court martial, because I used the word Jesus in my prayers in uniform in front of the White House. Well, I was later vindicated by Congress who said it's okay for me to do that. But did you know 65 other chaplains are now suing the Navy? I was not the only person. Our second petition I want you to sign is to protect military chapel buildings, which are being desecrated. Christian altars, Catholic or Protestant, are being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies in all 50 states under this order by the Obama administration. Well, that deprives all of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines of a sacred worship space, which ought to be protected. And instead, they're gonna punish the chaplain if he won't turn over the keys to his chapel. Here's another petition I want you to sign, and this is to stop threatening court-martial for troops who talk about Jesus. Even recently, the Pentagon is saying, oh, we're gonna threaten you with a crime of proselytizing. No, that's not right. Any soldier ought to be able to talk about his or her faith in Jesus Christ and to have that same religious freedom of speech that we sacrifice to give for others. When you sign these petitions, we will fax them to Congress, and it's free. I want you to take action today. Sign these three important petitions at PrayInJesusName.org. Go there today. 
defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps and you're watching PIJN News. I'm joined again from Houston, Texas via Skype by my dear longtime friend, Dr. Rick Scarborough of Vision America. Welcome back, Dr. Rick. It's good to, to be with you tonight, uh, Chaps. Thank you, sir. You're a Southern Baptist pastor. You've been a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention for decades. Uh, you were an evangelist for many years, and now you're pursuing sort of a political angle to what you're doing, mobilizing pastors to take back the government. And tell me what you do when you go state to state, and how many states have you mobilized pastors in now? Well, I have to stop and add them up, uh, chaps, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 20. Uh, we have worked hard in uh, key states in every election for the last 12 years. And uh, I might add, uh, quite fruitfully, we've, we've had wonderful success in mobilizing, not the majority, but a dedicated minority. The, the wonderful thing that, uh, that your listening audience needs to never forget is that God has never needed a majority. He's always worked through a minority, a, a committed minority. And so uh, he can do great things with a handful of folk. Keen to so setting brush fires in the hearts of mind, minds of men. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, when we go into a state, we start by having luncheons and breakfast in the key population centers uh, until we've networked, uh, you know, a, a good number of pastors. In a state like Florida, our goal would be 2,500 pastors or so. North Carolina, 1,000 pastors can make a difference. It, it varies state to state. But what we want is a dedicated remnant doing the very basic things of citizenship, register their people to vote, putting their hands information so that they're knowledgeable voters, lead them to the polls. And whenever there's an uptick in the Christian turnout, people voting their convictions, we see positive things happening in the culture. Uh, the revival of America is in the hands of God's people. And if we will commit ourselves to take this ground that we've taken back, and begin adding to it bit by bit. Who knows what God will do in the months and years to come? And let me be clear, uh, you do not ask pastors, and I've never seen you endorse any particular candidate for public office. In fact, when you and I traveled the country together in uh, 2007, 2008, we were joined by Dr. Alan Keyes, and when he announced that he wanted to run for president, uh, you backed away and said, well, now we need to be nonpartisan because we can only ask our pastors to register their people, but it's up to the people to choose who the leaders will be. Well, that's right. And, and, and the um, churches can be divided on very good men. When I was pastoring in Pearland, once we got our church really mobilized, we had about 3,000 members on the roll. It wasn't uncommon for two of our folks to run for the same position. So, you know, what a, what a good problem that is. We knew that whoever got the most votes, we were going to have a good godly candidate in that, in that position. So I would just uh, let both of them share their testimony and that we would have candidate forums and uh, all the candidates could come and, and answer questions and, and give their speeches. And uh, it, sometimes I would tell people, if they ask in private conversation who I was going to vote for, I didn't always hide it, but most of the time I, I tried to be very nonpartisan. And now that I'm in a very public ministry, all the more so, especially when there's more than one believer in a race. I, I try to be very discreet so that I don't uh, make, make it about me, but about the issues and people voting as Jesus would have them vote. Well, you live in Nacogdoches, but many of your 
closest allies are there in Houston. The Houston Area Pastors Council, you invited me there to speak with about 400 pastors. You have yourself have your uh, banquets down there in Houston. What happened this summer when the lesbian mayor, Annis Parker, issued these subpoenas to the pastors? What happened before that uh, to lead up to this crisis? Well, back uh, last spring, out of nowhere, uh, the mayor decided that what we needed in Houston was a, a new, quote, equal rights ordinance. Uh, if you can believe it, she chose the euphemism, Houston's Equal Rights Ordinance, or HERO. You talk about redefining HERO, the ordinance uh, mandated that every public facility uh, be open to anybody who, who that particular day got up and thought they might be of a different gender or orientation. Uh, you could not restrict a male from going into a female's re restroom or shower facility if in fact that day they felt like that they were a woman trapped in a man's body, quote unquote. Well, obviously, not only Christians, but anybody with a general, uh, with, a, with a, uh, any decent moral code uh, realized that this is a, a open season on our young women and young ladies uh, for sexual perverts. And so the people, the citizens of Houston began rising up and saying, Mayor, we don't want this. Uh, we, took a, we took a poll of the citizens and over 70% said, we don't want this ordinance. We think it's bad for Houston. But after all of the arguments and all of the rallies and all of the efforts, she ran that thing through with a seven to two majority in Houston's city uh, council. Uh, and the, upon the immediate passage of that horrible ordinance, the, the pastors of Houston began circulating petitions, which was their legal right to do. They, they required, I think, 12,000 signatures to have a ballot. They turned in over 55,000 uh, the, the woman who's in charge of validating those signatures did not even, was not even invited to rule on the validity of those signatures. Rather, the Houston city mayor selected her own city attorney uh, to come in and validate those signatures, and he summarily threw them all out. And so she would not allow them to vote. Well, that caused more rancor and more anger in the hearts of those pastors than anything she could have possibly done. Well, then she began to bring a lawsuit against them. And out of that came the subpoena for the records of the five leading pastors. Uh, chaps, she couldn't have picked a, a worse uh, target for her attack because these men and women have steel backbones. They are not gonna bow. Their sermons are part of the, of the public record. Any mayor or anyone else can come to their churches and hear them preach. It's not even about those signatures. It's about the people's right to redress their grievance. It's about the right to petition government. It's about the right to have their, their vote. And that's what they're going to fight all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. This mayor is not going to win this. She has no legal grounds for what she's done in terms of their free speech, their right to present their views in sermons. More importantly, she has no right to prevent the citizens of Houston from voting. And she is simply thrown down the gauntlet and then taken it up. I am so proud of these preachers and I'm standing with them as I stood with you because they're standing on the high ground. They're doing what is right. Amen. And I believe we're gonna see a revival sweep Houston because of the courage of these preachers. Well, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about that revival, how that now has influenced the national statement leading up to this recent election. We'll be right back with Dr. Rick Scarborough. 
making your voice heard in our nation's capital. Dr. Chaps will be right back. As a Christian minister, I believe the Bible and I believe in spiritual gifts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the gift of discerning of spirits is available to you. The ability to see angels or demons or the Holy Spirit. In fact, I've written two amazing books that I want you to have today. And you can visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org to get either one of these resources. The first is my PhD dissertation on this particular topic. It's called How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. Ignatius of Loyola on the Gift of Discerning of Spirits in Church Ethics. If you want an exciting theology book that's challenging and intellectual, that goes into the classic theology of Ignatius of Loyola, how he was influenced by men like John Cashin and Thomas Akempis, how he influenced later theologians like Karl Rahner and Timothy Gallagher, then you will love this resource, maybe for your pastor, or if you're a counselor, or a serious Bible student, this is a theology book and you're gonna love it. Or maybe you want something more fun. I've also written a different book, which is more of a popular book. Uh, it's called The Demons of Barack Obama, and it applies my theology of discerning of spirits to the 44th president of the United States. I used an article written by my friend David Barton on 50 events in his presidency, and I tried to discover, is he being influenced by the Holy Spirit, or by angels, or by maybe some other spirits? What is behind the president? So if you want a popular book that's fun to read, it's available for $20, or if you want an academic book that could be used for serious Bible students, it's available for $35. Or maybe you want both of these, they're both available for $50. A donation of any amount will go towards sending these books to you. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and get both of these resources for your family. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. I'm joined again by Dr. Rick Scarborough. We have just about five minutes left. And Rick, I wanna get your take on the recent revival that was held at Pastor Steve Riggle's church. He was one of the five pastors, I think, who was subpoenaed. What happened there? Well, about a, a month ago, uh, I was speaking with the leadership of Family Resource Council. We all felt like something needed to be done to draw attention to this effort. And so we contacted uh, Steve Riggle ask if he would allow his church to be used as a facility for this nationwide simulcast. Uh, Chaps, the way that all came together, the precision which the staff of FRC was able to put that one and a half hour presentation with all of its working parts was nothing short of, of, of the hand of Almighty God. And on the other side, uh, getting people on short notice to rally in this busy world, having you know five to 7,000 people show up was another affirmation that this was something God was doing. You know, the pollsters were all uh, confused about the election. They were all saying it was going to be too close to call and uh, that this was going to be a dead heat to the 11th hour. And then we saw this, this movement of God in a, in a measure unlike anything I've seen in my adult life when all of a sudden this wave and landslide of, of morality came forth through the, 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 the increased number of Christians and evangelicals that went to the polls. And that really is the backstory of the election. Uh, there, were, there was an uptick across the board, all across the nation of Christians rising up. And that's what we saw in Houston. We saw a coming together of thousands of Christians 
I personally met a pastor there from Michigan. I met another pastor there from California. Yet another pastor from North Carolina. I don't know how many states were represented, chaps, but it was a marvelous thing because not only did hundreds of pastors from Houston come, but there was a sprinkling of pastors from all over America that got on planes and came to Houston because they sensed that God was doing something. I believe we got a spark of revival. I believe God gave us a, 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 a lifeline. Now, the, the question is, can we take that lifeline and fashion the saving of a nation by humbling ourselves in the sight of God and allowing Him to lift us back to the place of being salt and light in the nation? Or will we go back to sleep, lose the ground gained, and evil like a flood? I believe that we're in a very precarious place now because we've had the sprinkling of revival and there is yet a, a wave of revival to come if God's people, who are called by His name, will do the very thing spoken of in Second Chronicles, which I know is your heartbeat. Well, maybe, you know, that which the devil intended for evil, God is turning around and using for good. You know, what happened there in Houston was inspiring to pastors around America. Uh, here in Colorado, for example, I know pastors were preaching about that and encouraging people to get out the vote and to take back the government, just like you've been mobilizing for many years. Uh, we've seen the results of that, what happened there in Houston, all the way up here in Colorado and I'm sure other parts of the country. What is your take now on, I know the Republicans have taken back the Senate and not all the answers are political. This was a good first step, but how can there be a spiritual deepening in the churches, in the hearts and minds of the people moving into the 2016 elections? Well, I, th I think once again, it, it's, on the, it's on the shoulders of the pastors. As the pastor goes, so goes the church. As the church goes, so goes the nation. Right now, more than ever, as I mentioned in my remarks that night at the rally, to those pastors, I said, pastors, God's given every one of us a chance to be relevant, to make a difference in our culture. Now it's up to every individual pastor that sees this program, that, is, that, that has uh, any inkling of a desire to see this nation restored, to stand in their pulpits, courageously proclaim the truth, preach that prophetic word so that the salt and the light can be applied to the, to the great moral issues of our day. Uh, we're going to lose our country if we do nothing. We can save our country if we do something. And I'm praying that every preacher will take that charge and get back on the firing line for Christ. Amen to that. Let's take a moment and pray. Father in heaven, I pray your blessing on the spark of revival that began in Houston, that it would spread not just around America, but around the world. Change history through these five courageous men who took a stand and help us to encourage them in Jesus name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go to visionamericaaction.org and make a donation. Also donate to Pastor Dave Welch of the Houston Area Pastors Council, Pastor Steve Riggle of Grace Community Church there in Houston. Uh, don't give to us, don't give to these other national groups, but protect and defend those pastors who are under fire and let's stand with them and continue to do that in the months ahead. Uh, God bless you, Pastor Rick. We'll see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching PIJN News.
Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.